When it came to trying to navigate running pregnant, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially a novice runner. Like my first marathon was an, an Ironman. Like I don't really know running like most people do, or at least the people who do Boston do. Like I was like, I'm just happy to be here, guys. You know, Facebook was such a great outlet. There's so many inspirational women on there. And I got, I learned so much information and I actually messaged a woman. She had done Boston. She ran it 30 weeks pregnant and she, she did it in like 445. I was like, okay, I have a benchmark. I have a range. I have expectations. I was like, we were messaging each other for like hours. I was like, tell me everything. (laughs) Tell me everything. And you know, she, she told me everything. Social media, in a way, was such a great way to connect with people and just to kind of have some sort of camaraderie on this journey. It's just amazing, in a way, you know, to just have some sort of lifeline to kind of help ground you when you're keeping this so close. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 104 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. Meet Amelia Rivera Wong, doctor of physical therapy by day, badass endurance athlete, wife to Andy, and new mom to her beautiful son, Cameron. Amelia's competitive drive was forged as a kid, doing crunch competitions with her twin before bedtime and spending long hours at their town community pool. Her mom ran three New York City marathons, one for each of her daughters, and that left an indelible mark. All those pool hours prepared her to swim D1 in college and led her to triathlon, where she signed up for an Ironman at Lake Placid on a dare, completing her very first marathon to finish the race in a monsoon. Hardcore, badass credentials fully established. But when she qualified for her first Boston, subsequently got pregnant and calculated the timing, she knew she was in uncharted waters. Felt like she was going down a rabbit hole. Seemingly, everyone with no medical creds had an opinion on what was safe or could potentially harm her baby. Some of the medical advice didn't make sense, and she ultimately decided to follow the same rules she tells her patients as a DPT and as a runner. Listen to your body. She found a Sherpa on Facebook who shared her marathon running pregnancy journey and exchanged tips on finding a good pelvic floor PT, taping, belly braces, and even some advice on the Boston course. Kept her circle super small. Found a local training partner to lean on and travel to the start line together. And ran Boston at 31 weeks pregnant. Had an incredible experience and got it done with baby Cameron in tow. I think he deserves a medal too. Come on, Boston, send send him an extra one out in the mail. I'm so grateful for Amelia coming on. Being so open and sharing the emotional roller coaster of her experiences so candidly. We take a deep dive into the challenges of breastfeeding, how she cross trained and tried to mitigate injuries, and postpartum running. Amelia is now sharing her experiences on Facebook with other moms to help pay it forward. For every mom to be or mom with children already who might be facing this decision, there are so many lessons to unpack in this episode. Please share with anyone you think this could help. So much inspo. Let's dive on in and take a listen. Amelia Rivera 
Ron. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you this evening? Feeling great. How about you? We're going live from the estuary in Weehawken. Neighbors rocketing in the lounge in a rainy, cold, shitty-ass night. We're going Thursday night podcast with a little vino. Actually, no, not vino, Prosecco to Keep celebrate. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get in, we got to get into the holiday spirit here, man. So, how are you, my friend? Um, I'm good. Just you know, I feel like our interactions kind of are always on a nice rainy day. That's like our thing. I mean, it just coincides with our relationship, our running relationship. Anytime it's been a rainy day, there you are, and there I am. Here it is. Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. Like the only two idiots would possibly be outside in those conditions in a fog, in the snow, in the wind blowing 30 miles an hour. And, you know, I'll get that tap on the shoulder. It'll scare the hell out of me because I'll have my music <laughs> blasting. And it's Amelia rolling up on me out of nowhere. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Hey, hey, I'm the only other psycho out here besides you. What's going on? So, of course, I knew it was destiny. I had to get her on the show and we had to chat. So Run Chats audience, you're in for a treat tonight because one of Amelia's most awesome things is running the Boston Marathon at 31 or 32 weeks pregnant. And if I screwed that up, I'm really in big trouble. 31 weeks pregnant. Look at her. Look yeah. at her. She wants to make sure we get it right exactly. But that's pretty 31. awesome, man. Amazing stuff. And we're going to get into all of it. But uh, just a little intro for yourself. How about you just tell a Run Chats audience a little about where you grew up, what family life was like. You know, what kind of sports were you into as a kid? You know, growing up, um, we, I was a swimmer, you know, I, and doing anything on dry land was pretty much a joke. It was like, I am not coordinated. Do not put me playing softball, soccer, nut basketball, forget it. Like throw me in a pool. I can't hurt anyone. Can't hurt yourself. You're, I can float. And that was kind of my skill set. So growing up, we were all swimmers. We loved going to the town pool and it was just a playground. That was my, that was my life. That was my home. That was my safe place. And we thrived there. You know, I think it was looking back now as like a, a parent, my parents probably loved to take us to the town pool. Cause it was like, here you go, guys, you're off our hands go do your thing. <laughs> and it was just, I, I loved swimming. That was just such a huge lifeline for me growing up and just really cultivated me into, into my athletic kind of destiny, I guess, right now. Love it. So no ball sports, into swimming. Um, you have a twin also. Um, so you guys were both swimmers? Both both swimmers, very competitive, always keeping ourselves in check. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, most siblings have some sort of rivalry going on. When you throw the twin thing into the mix, things just get real interesting. I mean, so. we would have crunch competitions, like right before we would go to sleep and we were like 10 years old, like, oh, we got to do like a hundred crunches before we go to bed. Wait, Why? Everyone, Why is that normal? <laughs> everyone everyone didn't do that? <laughs> like, didn't you do that? Really? No. no. no, no. <laughs> didn't have a push-up contest either? <laughs> no. No, we had, we had three bunk beds and my two brothers and I would beat the hell out of each other for who got the privilege of sleeping on the top. And, you know, we pretty much lost to my older brother all the time because he was like fully grown to 12. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out for me or my younger brother. I find that like the boy dynamic, male dynamic is way different than the female dynamic. Like my husband's one of three boys and I'm one of three girls. And just the dynamic is very, there's definitely like a finesse when it comes to competition when you're a female. And with men, it's kind of, it seems to be more like blunt trauma force. Just, I don't know, a lot of like banging on the chest and just kind of very, very rustic. And I don't know, you guys are crazy, but with my sisters and I, it was 
it was just we were always just at war with each other, but in a good, healthy way. It always just kind of kept us pushing each other to be our best. Got it. So I don't know how it can be in a good way, but it sounds fun. <laughs> I love I love the way we can dress it up verbally way. and make it sound like it was a good way. But yeah, you guys are all like cheating at each other in Monopoly or God knows what other games. So you it was win. sorry, okay? Oh, all right. Well, sometimes it's Monopoly. I mean, somebody's stealing the money from the bank, and who can't be trusted or whatever. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and sibling rivalry stuff are fun. And just, you know, growing up where those of us are lucky enough to have brothers and sisters that we are competitive with, they make us stronger, man. They they push us. And, you know, God bless our parents <laughs> to put up with the shit that we put them through. Um, and like you said, your mom and dad take you to the town hall pool. It's like, okay, our work is done here for the day. We'll <laughs> see you later. Go swim for six hours and tire yourself out. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah, literally. Go, go play Marco Polo in the pool. Oh, you want to go and see who can hit the six foot bottom of the pool the fastest here's some coins go fetch like that was a thing that entertained us for three hours easily like the lifeguards were like adult swim we're like what what does that mean adult swim are we old enough for that no you're 10 years old so we're not adults no get out of the pool <laughs> yeah you figured if you just kept the conversation going maybe they just maybe let the you 15 stay. minutes would like burn through yeah. no it never yeah. did, did not work anytime but are, are you serious though like you're really nice uh, no it's still some time to get out you're splashing wait what, what, what we're in the water you have to splash this is this is what we're supposed to do right come on we're not we're not splashing you we know better than the splash the lifeguard so swimming being active being at the pool super good memories super fun memories so but a good athletic origin um for fitness aerobics strength building the cardio at an early age um when do you get involved with any other sports i mean running is like a ways ways off at this point but when do you get involved in any other sports or did you really just stick with swimming or was there anything else that came into the mix for you? In the beginning, it was really gymnastics because I loved, we loved watching the Olympics growing up. That was like, I mean, we would sit there just glued, track and field, gymnastics was like swimming, diving. Like it was just, we were there watching it and just absorbing it, living it, loving it. And we had, my sisters and I, we had tried gymnastics and we learned how to do like a cartwheel and balance on the balance beam and do a handstand. And then it started getting to like high level things like an aerial and the balance beam is very high off the ground. And suddenly you realize like, mm, I think I have a subtle fear of heights and maybe I don't like getting blisters on my hands on these bars. Cause like it hurts. So you kind of start to realize like, maybe this just isn't the right sport for me. And, you know, swimming just was always there. And I think once one year, one summer, my older sister, she actually was like, we were at like a swim meet and they needed someone for a relay. And it wasn't like, it was like a second string relay, but you don't know that as a kid. You're like, yeah. oh my God, she's in a relay and she, they're putting her on the swim team. And she jumps in and she like got first place, but I think it was like the second heat and then the summer league, it like doesn't matter. But like, you don't know this as a kid. You're just like, oh my God, she won so cool first place. Cause like we're in Olympic mode. And we were just like, maybe we should really do this. And the coaches were like, yeah, you need to, you need to do winter swimming, really cultivate this skill set. You guys have some talent, potential. I mean, we were eating it up, right? Because yeah. we're so competitive. We love the water. So we were like, yeah, yeah, like, let's do this. And then my parents were like, oh, well, okay, well, if you like to do winter swimming, then we'll swim in the winter. And thus began a journey of almost a 20-year swim career. <laughs> so... I mean, I, it was wild and I, 
a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, some, I owe everything to swimming in that town pool. Yeah. Awesome. Great memories. Um, and you know, at some point there we figure out we're good at ball sports. We're not, um, <laughs> football, baseball, softball, whatever, field hockey, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Like we figure out which ones we're more inclined or have more passion or energy for. And then at that point we put more energy into one we're going to do better. But I still like the idea that you experiment and you try different things because um, I think it's great because so many kids today get on this fast track of they're only going to play lacrosse. They're only going to play golf or tennis. And um, yeah, they may get super talented, but their odds of getting burned out are so much higher than a kid who's exposed to a lot of team sports and different environments. There was a moment where I was like, oh, maybe I could try soccer. Like this is kind of fun. But again, it kind of plays back into my original statement of like the whole coordination thing. Yeah. Wasn't clearly not a strong suit for me, but like I could run because like I was like, oh, I'll just run and like run around and be defense. But it just didn't match up and it wasn't it was fun in terms of like gym class and then having to try and commit to doing soccer and swimming. And it was I was like, I kind of really like swimming like that's going to be more my niche right now. And my parents are more about it. I think they just were like let's just stick with the water sport. I think they were just generally concerned because they were like, you're not coordinated. Like just stick to your strengths. <laughs> yeah. So they were just, you know, they're guiding you, you know, and you know, they feel like they've learned and seen from experience. Uh, they see other kids or how well they're doing or not. And, you know, I'd rather have my mom or dad telling me the straight up truth than having to hear it from a coach, you know, like, look, Ron, you suck in baseball. What? What do you mean? I'm going to play for the Yankees. Uh, no, actually you're not. Um, but you know, you'd rather get it from mom or dad than from the, you know, the third person. It is a little bit team. more of a beautiful letdown when like, yeah. your parents, cause they like, they know they like sit you down. They yeah. kind of like prep you for the reality talk where a coach yeah. just kind of rips it like a bandaid, but it's preference. Cause I think early on, I appreciate like the, you know, the gentle kind of conversation. And then later on it was like, no, toughen up buttercup. Like this is the reality of the situation. And it's either you're in it, you're going to do it or you're not. And it's just preference. And it's, I guess just where you are in your life. But I kind of played in when it comes to my, co the coaches that I've been with, I think my high school coach was more like, let's have a sit down, let's talk this out. And then my college coach was more like, you suck. Like, let's like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting my time? And I was like, oh, this is, this is reality. This is different than what I'm used to. So I definitely prefer the softer touch, but you have to be prepared for either one, I guess, in life. So I take, I take everything with a grain of salt in terms of the people who have influenced my life. And those coaches definitely guided yeah. me on a journey through my swim career. Yeah. But you know, their styles are dramatically different, but you had good experiences and you learned a lot from both of them, right? I mean, oh, you count them both so as being much. super positive experiences, Absolutely. Right? And like, I mean, it, it was different, right? Like you're in high school, so that's a different setup. And then college, like there's so much happening and going on and it's, you're a D1 athlete. And we were always running as a form of cross training. Dry, so I, dry land. Dry land. Yeah. I know. Because, you know, like swimmers, we are aqueous creatures. So we're always in the water <laughs> and then dry land. Like it could be therabands, we could be weight training or most of the time it was what's safe and like pretty much linear. Let's just have them run, like run it out. And in high school, you know, running was, I mean, everyone was super competitive. So that was like my first real exposure. And then in college it was like, oh, she can kind of run. Like, this is great. Like, let's get her running more. But like, I was kind of your average swimmer. So it kind of 
I think in college, like I started to lose my love for swimming almost a little bit. And I kind of started to really appreciate running and it was just more convenient. And it was, there was no real competition. It was almost like my therapy. So it was kind of something more special to me. And I was starting to really recognize that towards the end of my swim, my swim career. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, you're going through your high school, you're going through college. I mean, to give people an idea, and I was not a swimmer, but I've had a lot of people on the show who are triathletes and who came from a swimmer's background, like Kate and others, who grew up with that. That was their life. Um, you're swimming twice a day. You know, twice I just a day, every day. wanted to ask. So you're going to, you're leading <laughs> me right into it. Um, because as runners or even as cyclists, I know what a big week is for a triathlete or a cyclist who's not a triathlete. I know just how many crazy hundreds of miles cyclists ride. But what's even more insane by far, it's just crazy tell people like how many hours and give them an idea of how many thousands of yards or meters you would swim like in a day or in a week. Cause it's, it's completely insane. Oh, I mean the day I went into labor, I swam two miles that morning. <laughs> I went to the pool. I swam like 3,200, almost two miles yards. And I did like a 45 minute lift. Like I was having a good workout. I had a great day. I was have I was like wow that was such a great swim like I'm 31 one of those uh, 36 weeks and I was like yeah I feel pretty good went and did some deadlifting squats like complete and I was holding like 129 pace I was like oh I'm still like feeling good monitoring my heart rate like it it never phased me that everyone's like well, you swam two miles the day you went into labor I'm like no like that's a normal I used to swim like three miles piece of cake like three times a day like doing two miles once a day, like that's nothing. That's like waking up and walking to the bus stop. <laughs> love it. Love it. Spoken from the mom who's running Boston 31 weeks pregnant. And then she says 31 weeks with the two mile swim, but she couldn't have been in Boston and in the pool at the same time. Plus you were delivering your baby then. So really there's not that much gap in there between there. That's what, like four, four weeks or yeah, five I literally, weeks, right? When it came to running Boston, I mean, I definitely kept that really close and tight. I was like, a lot of people were just telling me horror stories. And I was like, I just don't want to hear it. I did a lot of research. I got to just keep the people who I'm confiding in about this really close to heart. But so I ran at 31 weeks and then I delivered at 36 weeks. And it, the funny thing is, is like, I look back and I'm like, what if I had kept running? Would I have gone full term? Cause like I stopped running because people were like, Oh, you're really far along. Like you should stop. And I was like, okay. I mean, I really have nothing to train for. And like, it, it does get very uncomfortable in your third trimester running. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to swim. And everyone's like, oh yeah, swimming is so great. But they didn't know that I was like a D1 swimmer. So like swimming for me is going to be two to three miles at a clip. And everyone was just like, oh, she's swimming. She's totally fine. It's way better than running. And it's like, I'm still in the water for at least an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like doing flip turns, doing all the strokes, like a, like a dummy. But you know, it's... I, but that was what my body was used to. Like, so I can't, there was no real base of comparison. I mean, that's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the show for so long anyway, because um, you're going down in this dark hole, right? It's like a black hole of information. So people are either staunchly against, even like advocates for being strong moms and healthy moms, doctors who are women who are maybe even athletes who have this wildly strong opposed opinion to this is bad it's bad for your child it could be bad for your child to the opposites people like yourself people like my friend kate or other like super fit 
athletes who are just like, fuck this caution to the wind stuff. I'm going to listen to my body, which is the same rule I follow every single day in the rest of my life when I wasn't carrying a baby. Um, if I'm in pain or having like serious discomfort, I'll stop a run or I'll stop a workout, right? I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's some sense of that. But in the research, did you just like at one point just put your hands up and say, I can't listen to anything else or I don't want to read anything else or? I mean, when I found out I was pregnant, it was like the same day that I got into Boston. And right, like I had qualified in 2019. Cheers. And cheers. That was your first Boston <laughs> too. So we really got to do a cheers. Yeah. And drink, of course. And, and take a sip. And I had qualified in 2019 and then the pandemic happened and I found, we found out that they had canceled Boston and that they were going to figure things out. And I remember that day I was about to do, I was like, oh, I got to do my first real long run. I got to do 16 miles. And then I got the email and I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing 16 miles because like there's no point now. And I just bought like a blueberry pie. <laughs> <laughs> and I went home and just like shoveled it in my face. And then everything is like slowly closing down. And I'm just like, <sighs> and I'm looking at, I'm thinking of like the next, cause your time is only good for what, three years. So you have to like yes. think. So I was like, okay, well, so I have 2020, 2021 and 2022. Okay. So like, let's, let's focus on the positive. Don't spiral. Don't go into that dark place. Like eat your, enjoy your pie, have your, have your moment. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> let's re-strategize. So I was like, maybe they'll figure something out. So then we had the virtual. So I was like, okay, like I'll just trot my way through the virtual. I think even that was like last minute. I wasn't really running. I The week before I did like, I felt really good and I did 13 miles. And I was like, oh, all right, well, maybe I'll do a virtual. Run, walk it, whatever. <laughs> like who run, walks a virtual marathon. And then I was hoping to get in for 2021, but they had reduced the size. And I was really like, I was so heartbroken. I was like, great. So like I'm married now, like. My husband and I are talking about starting a family. We're going to start trying. And I didn't get in for 2021. I was like, all right, well, you know what? Like, Boston's never going anywhere. We'll just, we'll just figure this out. So needless to say, like, I got pregnant. And then I was like, do I tell people that I got pregnant? Like, it's still early. It's your first trimester. Because then you go, like, Dr. Google and Dr. Facebook. <laughs> and everyone's like, you don't want to say anything because you never know what could happen. And, like, I was in my mid – I'm in my, my mid-30s. So it's like, oh, you're kind of in that, like, gray area, risk of, like, s things could happen. And, you know, then all of a sudden, boom, you got into Boston. And I was like, okay. So I'm definitely pregnant. And I definitely got into Boston for 2022. Okay, uh, let's do the math. Let's see how far along I would be if I, like, let's see. And then I'm just, like, researching. I'm doing the math. I'm like, okay. So I actually did the math wrong. I thought I'd be, like, 28 weeks. And I was like, oh, like, that's not terrible. I'm sure someone else out there has done a marathon pregnant. So, like, on Google, I'm on, like, these medical research websites. I'm just, like, typing things in. Haven't spoken to my OB yet. And I'm just like, well. See, I'm reaching out to like friends who are pelvic floor PTs and see if they know someone that knows someone. And I'm just going down this rabbit hole and I'm like, maybe I'll just like, just wait, I'll marinate on this for a little bit. And I start messaging Boston about like, can I defer? Can I defer? No response. They're really hard to get via email, phone. True. Like, I feel like everyone, like, I was like, there's no way. I'm not the first person to go through this type of experience here. Like, there's no way. Like, Boston's one of the oldest marathons. Like, come on. So I'm like messaging, messaging, can't defer, can't defer, can't defer. I'm like, okay, so, all right, well, let's go down this other rabbit hole. Let's see, has anyone met? And I found one pelvic floor PT. I was like, 
have you ever worked in someone that's run a marathon, like seven months pregnant? Like kind of was like leaving that last part yeah. very hush hush on yeah. the door. She was like, oh yeah, they ran walking, took like two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with them. And I was like, okay, done. <laughs> done. <laughs> You're hired. Check. <laughs> and then I think it was actually you. Like I bumped it because I was... The first trimester running is like so exhausting. Like you're just nauseous, you're bloated, you're uncomfortable. And I was like feeling a little bit down. I hadn't even spoken to my OB yet. This was still like literally just something in my mind. And I was like, hey, funny question. I think we're at the the garbage chute, like, you know, the water cooler in the estuary, basically. (laughs) Hey, do you know anyone that's run a marathon pregnant? He's like, yeah, totally. And I was like, okay. He's like, there's so many Facebook groups. Just ask. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready to put myself on blast on social media. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that, like, I kind of pushed that conversation out of you. And it definitely oriented me into being like, okay, this is possible. You can do this. You just got to be smart about it. Like you're healthy, your body's used to this. Let's see what we can do. And I mean, I have, I have no regrets. I definitely wouldn't recommend it to most people, but I'm, I have no regrets. I'm very, very thankful that I was able to run this from, from Boston and just push the envelope and push the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it takes, it takes, you gotta be brave. I mean, it's your body, it's your baby. Um, it's you and your husband together and it's your first. So there's a lot of things in play there. You know, it's not like you have three or four at home and, or even two, you, you don't have any and it is your first and you are going through it. So, um, yes, it's your, the one who's really going to want to make this happen or not, but man, you want to have your husband be on board with it. You want to have him feeling like, he's behind it and supportive, which I know he is, but I mean, I'm sure all of those things were really weighing on you. Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like I, my dad was, there was a lot of life things happening too. Like my mother-in-law, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So we were kind of managing that dynamic there. And my dad was relocating to North Carolina for work. So some of those pillars of support were kind of going weren't being pillars of support, essentially. They had other things on their plate, obviously, like other yeah. things on their plate, like that sounds so callous when it comes to cancer. But it just, there was a lot of other things floating around and I, and I almost kind of felt selfish being like, well, I just really want to run this race. And it was, and and my, my dad knew and my mother-in-law knew, they knew I loved running. They were just like, as long as you're being healthy and safe, like they gave me their blessing. And I was like, I'm never going to hurt. I love my baby. Like I'm not going to do anything. If it hurts, I'm going to stop. So I knew my limits and I, I'm thankful that I was able to get their blessing. But at the same time, it was such a, it's such a taboo thing. And I mean, I, even just talking to my OB, I was like, I would come in every day for my, for my weigh-in, for my scans. He's like, oh, you're doing really great. You're really fit. And I was like, yeah. He's like, are you exercising? I'm like, yeah, totally exercising. And his only advice was like, don't run. You can swim. Don't let your heart rate go over 140. And I was like, okay, so all I got from this was don't let your heart rate go over 140. And I was like, I got to ask, why can't I run? And he was just kind of like, well, you could fall, the relaxin and the hormones. And I was like, well, I could fall out of this chair right now. You know, I could fall going up a flight of stairs. I could fall off a bus. The one thing I did have to sacrifice, I would say, throughout my journey was, was cycling. And cycling was always something I did to cross train with running. Cause whenever running hurt, which every runner, like you, you get hurt, you get injured. Of course. And biking was always that good 
good way to simulate running without the, the stress and impact. Like swimming can kind of do that, but cycling really is the good alternative. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't risk it. Like going, cause I'm not going to be sitting on a, a Peloton power to people who do Peloton and like yeah. indoor cycling. Like it's just not my thing. I can't Kate who does tread marathons on treadmills. Yeah. I can't do that either. <laughs> like I can maybe crack out 10 miles and that's it. Like I'm cooked. I can't do it. Stationary things aren't my thing. I love being outside and same. <laughs> it's just, same. There, there's nothing to replace fresh air, the scenery, whatever podcast or music you're listening to and just zone out. Yeah. Like there's nothing that can, that is such a, re- a release for me at least. And I just remember being like, okay, so I'm going to have to sacrifice some things and cycling's going to be one of them and coffee. I have to pick my vice <laughs> and my vice is going to be running. <laughs> so when my OB was like, you could fall relaxing and all this stuff. And I was like, right. So I'm just going to take away from this conversation. Don't let your heart rate get too high. So, and just listen to your body. Love it. And that was kind of what guided me through this journey. That was it. I had, I followed my heart rate. Obviously track workouts weren't going to really abide by that 140 heart rate (laughs) regulation. So if I can't really go fast, I was like, all right, well, Boston's very hilly. Let's go up. So I would just find any hill I could find and just run it or (laughs) trot it. I mean, if someone saw me doing those hills, it was pretty much like I was almost going backwards. (laughs) I know you're Strava roots, girl. So I know know where where you were headed in Hoboken. I pretty much was. Up that bridge, up up, that damn bridge, up to the top. Oh, just going up and down, up up and down, up and down. I was like, well, let's just find a hill and just... I mean, there's like, if you go all the way into the back, oh yeah, they, it gets really rough back there. Yeah. And the other thing that happens when you're like running pregnant, it's like, you have to go to the bathroom like every 30 seconds, you know? So everyone's like, oh, why didn't you run in Central Park? And I was like, um, I don't live in the city. I'm not too familiar with where the bathrooms are. I just, I know my route and I know where the bathrooms yeah. are on my route. So like, I'm just yeah. going to stick to my route. Yeah. But I mean, that was, that was my my cross training, I get, or like my tempo runs and you have to do them to feel fast, but to do this race, I was like, you're not going to go fast. You just have to know how to challenge and stress yourself without compromising yourself in a way. Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting medical advice. You're talking to other moms who'd been through situations. Um, you're a doctor of physical therapy yourself. So, you know, you're consulting all the right groups and the right people. But at the end of the day, it takes, you know, some bravery to just say, hey, I'm going to do this, man. I'm intrepid. I'm going to do this and I'm going to take my swing and I'm going to take my shot. Um, but you were listening to your body, um, you know, so for my, all the other moms out there that maybe are in your spot or maybe are going to be not quite as far along, but maybe they're thinking of doing a marathon and maybe they're a little afraid or maybe they're a lot afraid. You know, tell them, I know you had some things come up as it got further along and you had to make some decisions on, you know, either cutting runs out altogether, not doing them, but, you know, you never lost hope. You never lost hope on your goal, but like, tell them what it was like, you know, as you were getting towards the latter part of the cycle before the race. So you get through like your first trimester and you're just tired and you're also working through those mental gymnastics of like, wow, I used to run like eight minute, eight thirty pace piece of cake. And now all of a sudden you're like, just struggling and you're going like 9.30, 9.45. And you're like, wow, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, <laughs> you are the mighty girl. And then, and then you're like, you're running and all of a sudden you're going like down a hill and the next day you wake up and I'm like, holy moly, relaxing is a real thing. Like my knees hurt so bad. Like I had to get different sneakers. That was a whole other realm of conversation. And 
you know, I, I think I actually am like, I wasn't ever really big on social media. It was always just kind of something I would post a picture of like, I don't know, food, a pretty cloud <laughs> in the sky. I, I'd never, I, I was like running for me was so personal as my therapy. I never liked to really promote it out. This is like the, really the first time I'm just like, Hey, oh, like, like, I love to yeah. run my first time really going out there with it. But when it came to trying to navigate running pregnant. I mean, I'm, I'm essentially a novice runner. Like my first marathon was an, an Ironman. Like I don't really know running like most people do, or at least the people who do Boston do. Like I was like, I'm just happy to be here guys. But, um, you know, Facebook was such a great outlet. There's so many inspirational women on there. And I got, I learned so much information and I actually messaged a woman. She had done Boston, in October, right? That was the 2021. Yes. And she, she ran it 30 weeks pregnant and she, she did it in like 445. I was like, okay, I have a benchmark. I have a range. I have expectations. I was like, we were messaging each other for like hours. I was like, tell me everything. (laughs) Tell me everything. And you know, she, she told me everything. She told me the, the belly brace that she used, the taping. She saw, she was working with the PT, her cross training. She gave me advice about the course as well, because like the course is very hilly, very hard. Like those Newton Hills and Heartbreak Hill, I mean, you're just, you're done. It's mile 21. <laughs> mile 21, I got to the top. I called my husband. He's like, so how's it going on the course? I was like, you know, I'm walking. He's like, all right, how are you feeling? And I was like, well, you know, I got five miles left, so I th- I think we're going to do it. He's like, yeah, you, t- you should. I mean, God bless him. I love him with all my heart <laughs> for just being like the silent cheerleader for me on this day. And I was like, yeah, so I'm not really running, running. So it'll probably take me like an hour and a half to see you. <laughs> but I swear when my goal is under five hours. Yeah. So I, I think I'll make it though. <laughs> but I mean, God, like social media in a way was such a, and as, I mean, it's in the middle of a pandemic, you know, it was such a great yeah. way to connect with people and just to kind of have some sort of camaraderie on this journey. I I mean, I never thought I'd ever say, hey, thanks, thanks Facebook for connecting me with women who are just cr- as crazy as I am that want to run. And to specifically link me up to someone who actually ran Boston pregnant too. Like it was just... And even on the course, I met multiple other women. They weren't as far as long as me. I think there was one who actually did at 32 weeks. I mean, God bless her. Like, but she had experience with the course. I mean, she she knew what she was in for. So it's just it's just amazing in a way, you know, to just have some sort of lifeline to kind of help ground you when you're keeping this so close. Because people who aren't runners, are you allowed to be doing that? Is that safe? Are you hurting the baby? Like so many opinions. And you're just like, how do you tune that out when you hear it? every day. It, I mean, that was the most shocking thing with the whole pregnancy journey. Like it's just everyone with their, you shouldn't be doing that. It'll hurt. It'll hurt the baby. It'll hurt you. Oh, what are you doing? Where, what, what's going on? And it's like, relax. Like my, my OB said it was fine. My heart rate didn't exceed 140. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it never did. <laughs> I, haven't broken, I haven't broken any rules at all. You know, it's like your fingers are crossed behind your back. But it's it's like <laughs> it's like if if there's ever one discussion on earth that people just climb in with unsolicited advice, it's it's a pregnant woman, like people coming up to a stranger and like thinking it's okay to touch the woman's belly or God knows how many other things that are way out of control that are not okay. Like, let me just do this without even asking permission. So like people lose their minds when it comes to seeing a pregnant woman and thinking what's okay, what's not okay. No, 
not okay. Not okay to just go up and start touching some woman's belly uh, like without you asking. Ask first. You know, and like, you know, if you're having a conversation and you know the person to some degree and it's like a nice, comfortable, warm conversation, sure, you could say, oh, can I touch your belly? Yeah, fine. I'm not saying, you know, I'm the I'm a touchy-feely person by nature, man. I'm a hug giver. But I'm not going to just start doing stuff without asking anybody's okay. And the same thing goes with who asked you for your opinion? I don't remember Amelia walking around with a sign that said, hey, everybody weigh in, please, on whether I should or shouldn't run the Boston Marathon. You know, just please let me know your opinion, even if you didn't go to medical school. I mean, it was it was definitely like a, a unique situation because I was carrying very small. So I think in the literature, they call it like a cryptic pregnancy. If you're a very athletic, fit woman, um, sometimes you just you just carry differently. And I mean, I didn't really have to buy, I mean, I bought maybe like five men's t-shirts because I was like, well, if like when I deliver, at least my husband has, you know, five additional new pieces of clothing he can have because like my clothes still kind of fit and then I could get away with leggings. So I was carrying small, but I was still having all those symptoms. Like I was so tired standing on the bus to go to work and like lifting patients. That's the other thing. Like my job is very physical. I'm a physical therapist. Like I have to pick limbs up every day. Like talk about something that, I mean, telling my OB, I was like, yeah, you know, like don't lift anything heavy. I'm like, um, Uh. (laughs) I'm a sports PT in the city and I had to like demonstrate kettlebell swings, burpees, planks, like pushups, like squats. Like, uh, what do you mean not lift things heavy? He's like, well, you know, you don't want to hurt yourself. And I was like, right. No, no kidding. (laughs) So, you know, it was just, but again, like he's an OB, like he's an OBGYN. He's, he's specific and very well knowledgeable at one specific thing when it comes to exercise. Like that's more my realm. So I had to kind of really, I had to really trust in myself almost and like my knowledge base and trust in like the pelvic floor PT that I was like reaching out to and just being like, X, Y, and Z, like, is this okay? Like, is this okay? And, you know, she's like, oh, as long as you're not doming. And I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, when I remember, like, getting my shirt for Boston and the woman was like, oh, a men's medium? And I was like, yeah, I wanted a men's medium shirt. She's like, not a women's medium? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm almost eight months pregnant. She was like, what? (laughs) And she was, I was like, yeah, I'm carrying very small. She's like, get out of here. And I was like, no, well, yeah, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag, you know, like, yeah, I'm here and I'm, I'm pregnant. She's like, oh, you don't look it. And I was like, yeah, I've been hearing that for eight months. (laughs) And, you know, I think like after the race was when I really popped and that's when people were like, oh, let me touch your bump. And I was like, you could ask, you know, for being a PT, like having to know I was, I'm not a very touchy feely person. So like for like, I get my, like, I call it like this, this cup and it gets filled, you know, I get my fill of the touch because it's my job. So when other people were coming up to being like, well, let me touch your bump. And I'm like, no, I guess I have to embrace this, right? This is like the new thing that comes with this journey. You know, women romanticize it or it's a journey, pregnancy and being a mom. And I'm like, it's not a journey. It's like a wasteland. Like, I feel like this is just a roller coaster ride that I didn't sign up for. Like, I just, I'm sitting here not strapped in. And every time there's just like this new turn loop obstacle that you have to go through. And, you know, no one can prepare you for that. There's nothing that can prepare you for it. And 
all you can do is just hope you have like a good support system around you. And I think like that was something I was very thankful to have. Like the people I did confide in, they were so supportive. Like, are you doing okay? How can I help you? Do you need to talk? I can listen. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, especially like since running was always my outlet. And I never really, I was like, oh, I don't want, why don't you run with the club and X, Y, Z? And I was like, no, like I'm a lone ranger. Like I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like running solo. It's fine. Unless I'm harassing you with your Tokyo shirt in the rain. <laughs> like, you know, that was like, that's why I love running when the weather's so bad because no one else is out there. No one else you is know? out and there, it's, man. And it was just nice to have like that nice little outlet of just five people I can confide in. Yeah. You know, you know who those people you can rely on to trust, to support you and help lift you up. And without them, I would never have been able to do this. Not a chance. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. You got, I think you got to keep the circle small. Like, I mean, the people you're talking to, like family, your husband, a couple of people in the building here that we both know, mutual friends. Oh, yeah. um, and so that's a real small group. But then this mom who ran it with almost the same amount of weeks becomes like a huge lifeline, a Sherpa for you, if you will. And this is, that's why I want to have you in this show, because there's going to be so many other moms out there that maybe haven't even gotten pregnant yet. They're not even a mom yet. They're a mom to be, a future mom. They're going to be able to listen to the show and hear about all the emotional stuff you went through, all the positive and negative counseling and feedback, wanted or unwanted, and just how I knew how straight you would be with how you felt through the whole thing. It is a roller coaster. It's not some magical journey. No. Like, uh, who the hell is writing this stuff? I mean, it's hard. It's emotional. It's hormonal. It's physically demanding. It's exhausting. And you're working. You're commuting to the city. And you're a physical therapist doing physical work on patients. So you are doing an awful lot. It's exhausting. So my question is, besides all that other stress, running for us has always been the thing to take the stress away. It had to help, right? I mean, and I'm not talking about a day, maybe you were feeling pain. Maybe you just pulled a run short or took a walking break or made it as much a walk as a run, but it had to help, right? Oh my God. I mean, some you're, of the stress. you're like, you're so hormonal when you're pregnant and you're running and you're trying to keep this like dark secret that you're running this marathon <laughs> that pretty much only three people know. And other people you're like, yeah, I might run the boss. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. You can't run seven months pregnant. And I just kind of left it at that. Yeah. And it was like, I'm just going to keep trotting along and just know that I have to just go slow. Like expectations of going fast out the window. And like the second trimester running, you know, you get this like surge of energy, but your center of gravity is a little off center, legit off centered. <laughs> and I remember I like started taping my belly and I was looking at belly bands and I was just wanting support because I wanted to still try and get at least a couple good long runs in. And I remember going on and, but remember I'm carrying pretty small. So I'm running along the Weehawken Hoboken waterfront and it was like this random warm day in like March or early April. And I just remember being like, I just need, I really need this run. Like I'm so stressed and I just want to feel good. And I want to feel like just zone out. And it's like crowded. I'm like, these people don't work. Where is everybody going? Like, come on. It's like, it's like a Saturday at 11 o'clock. Like, why is it so busy on the waterfront right now? And I'm trotting along and I see this woman and I'm trying to like weave through, you know, the crowd of people <laughs> on a Saturday at 11 o'clock on the waterfront. And this woman has a backpack on and I'm like, maybe, maybe she'll start to like part ways. Maybe she'll move over. Nope. She turns sideways at the, like the 
precise moment where I'm like, do I like awkwardly leap out of her? Like I was like, what, like 22 weeks at that point. Do I move out of her way? Like, I don't really want to pivot. Like that could hurt me. I don't want to hit her. I just kind of like braced and threw an elbow. And then this woman just went to like a tailspin. And I just was like, did I just almost like tackle a woman like 22, 22 weeks pregnant on the waterfront? Cause I'm just like, so like stuck in my head and just wanted to be stress-free. Like it, I was like, sorry, I'm, I'm pregnant. I was like, she doesn't care. She's probably like, this bitch hit me. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm just like, I was like, oh, I hope this doesn't karmically come back and bite me in the ass. And I just kept going. I was like, she's still standing, right? Like, she's fine. She's fine. I was like, just ignore her. Like, I just need to keep, now you definitely have to keep running to clear your head out because like, you're just, I, it was just so much. Like it, everything was too much. Like you always have these emotions as, as a human and then you're pregnant with hormones. It's just, to the nth power. Yeah, it's jacked up. Breaking news at five, pregnant woman accosts woman on run. <laughs> Attacks with sends a backpack. Her, sends her to the ER. <laughs> Injury, lawsuit, wait, lawsuit sorry. pending. I have sunglasses has, on, she couldn't see my face. Has <laughs> anyone seen this woman? Her, her five foot four, 120 pounds. Um, kidding. Um, yeah, Have you? if you've seen her or know of her. Um, let please call the police. Send the apology. Call the, call the local <laughs> police department. Um, so that's awesome. Tons of info again, like for the buildup and leading to it all. But let's talk about the race, man, because this is your first Boston, man. This is you don't even have any idea if you're going to make it. I mean, you just know you're going to start this race and you absolutely hope and dream that you're going to finish this race. But you didn't know, man. It's not like when most of us get there. They know they're going to finish. They do. They they might have to crawl. They might have to walk. But they're not sitting here thinking, I can't finish. Like, you qualify for Boston. You know you're going to finish. You might not run a great time. You might have a bad day. But you are going in this race in a very different set of circumstances. You fully well know that something could happen. You could have pain or really have distress and maybe just not be able to make it. So take us through the day, man. It was your first time in Boston. So I'm even just getting to Hopkinton, getting into the village. What was it like for you? I mean, well, for starters, I needed, I I knew like with the training, I I needed a friend. I was starting to really break after like week, pretty much like 26, because I did get injured. So at week 26, I like strained my pelvic floor and I was like, oh God, this is, this is, this is the the tough part. Like, what are we going to do? I mean, of course I was still running through the pain, like it's like an idiot. Cause I was like, Oh, well it's not cramping. It's not bleeding. Like you're fine. Like it's just orthopedic pain. I know this is orthopedic pain. I can work through this. So I started swimming more. So I was trying to run like five times a week. I think when I got injured, it was like four and I was trying to like supplement it with swimming. And I remember, um, another neighbor, she was training and she had gotten injured too. And I was like, we have to do this race. So I was like, I'm in pain. You're in pain. I know I can, I'm seeing someone help me with my pain. I'm helping you with your pain. Cause like right now I'm relying on you to be there. I need you to be there. I, I, I'm a lone ranger runner, but I need you to be there to anchor me. So I was like, you're doing this race. I will work on your adductors and your glutes. I don't care what it takes. Like I will rehab you because I need you to be there to be my buddy. So I told her the hotel we were staying in. She got a room at the same hotel. I was like, you are my butt. You are my anchor. I'm relying on you to get me through this because like, I don't know why, but I need you. I need you a little bit. You need me right now. And I remember her, her cousin was there 
And he was like, yeah, I'll drive you to the start. I'll drive you, drive you wherever you need to go. I'll drive you to, the, to you know, Boston Commons. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, he'll totally do it. So we like got in his car. He drove us to Boston Commons. And we were, her and I were pretty much silent. We were like, we, we can't like talk. We were both very nervous because she was injured. She barely trained. And I was like falling apart at the seams for the past four weeks. Like I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to run walk this. I'm going to see how I feel at mile 13 and go from there. That's that's my mindset right now. If I can get to mile 16, <laughs> mile 16. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Like, let's see when we look at these hills, how do we feel at mile 16? So she, her and I get on the bus, <laughs> the school buses, and we're getting bused, you know, to the start. And her and I aren't talking. We're looking at each other. I'm like, you nervous? She's like, I'm totally nervous. I was like, yeah, me too. She's like, how are you feeling? I was like, like, I have to use the bathroom. She's like, well, of course you're pregnant. And I was like, Yeah. And we laughed about it. I think it was like the, com- <laughs> the comic moment of like relief for the yeah. both of us. And we get to the start and we're like trying to stretch, trying to find a bathroom, trying to snack, trying to like figure things out. And I was like, we had to take our extra layers off. It's actually like a, a, going to be a beautiful day. I mean, that's, I think that was what also gave us a lot of hope was that it was just a beautiful day. You know, there was previous years where it was like, crummy and rainy or like really obnoxiously hot. And that was the thing I think we both feared was the weather. Cause that's something you can't control. You can control your training. You can not finish. You can kind of finish, but the weather is the one thing that you, you can't control at all. And I was like, I'd rather it be rainy than 80 degrees. <laughs> like, I don't want to overheat like that as a pregnant runner. Like you don't want to overheat. I'd rather run in the rain. I'm already r- operating really warm. So it was like 40 in a clear blue sky and I just remember, like, I was like, I'm so thankful you're here. She's like, I'm thankful you're here. And we get to the start. Like, you have to walk that mile to the start of the race. And I, like, take off my layers, and it says baby on board. And everyone's like, baby on board? They're like, where's your baby? <laughs> I'm like, he's in there. How far along are you? And I was like, ah, I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to round down on this. I'm going to say seven months and see if that one, like, yeah. flies better. And people were like, good for you. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to see how this goes. And we get to the start and she's like, I'm going to run. I was like, yeah, go, go. You, you are more than capable of running. I'm just going to feel this out. And I remember running and like, I had my headphones in cause I just kind of wanted, I did, I, I kind of regret running with music, but I was so afraid of just hearing those bad thoughts in your head. So I just kept the music low and everyone's like, good for you for running. How far along are you? And and like, we're three miles into the course and people are like, yeah, good. Yeah. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How far along? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm 31 weeks. They're like, what? And like two people (laughs) fell in front of me. And I was like, how about we don't fall in front of the pregnant woman here? And I remember like I was staying to the side because you said you have to stay to the side. And I was like, yeah, that's how, that's my strategy. And someone passed me on the right. And I'm like, the baby on board is on front and back. Like, you you just got to be a straight asshole to just pass right. on the right at this point. And I just, I mean, going through the course, it was almost like a dream. Like, I felt I felt good. I felt really good. And then, like, mile 11 came, came and I was like, I guess, like, I'm 11 miles in. I should probably eat something, like, just because <laughs> I'm running almost eight months pregnant. So I remember just being like, I'm going to eat something, text my husband, check in with him, like, eight texted him. I was like, Hey, feeling good. Just having one of my sandwiches. <laughs> PBJ. <laughs> just, we're, just, we're rolling. Yeah. Just have, you know, just, all right, I think I'm going to see how I feel. 
And then we get to the Newton Hills. And I'm like, oh, Ron told me about these hills. <laughs> warned. I was warned. And I was like, okay. And then I remember like run walking them. And I was like, okay, not bad, not bad. All right, feeling good, feeling good. And then you get to Heartbreak Hill. And I look and it's like I'm craning my head up. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then I'm going to walk this. And I just remember walking. And a woman came up next to me and she was like, you're doing great. How are you feeling? And I was like, you know, surprisingly good. I'm feeling pretty good. And we got into like this whole conversation. Because at this point, like I was in a, I was, my time was 327. So I was in the blue wave, but I was like one of the earlier, what would have been like one of the faster runners in that yes. wave. And at this point I've kind of like matriculated like backwards. Like now I'm like, now you're starting to see like <laughs> a different demographic yes. kind of creep up on me as I'm running. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Just walking up this hill here. And then I remember, you know, seeing the gas station sign. And going over the train tracks and be like, wow, my Sitco sign. The Sitco sign that Iconic. just you can never, you're never gonna touch it. It's just there and you're running and it's someone's just, moving it. It's, it's getting further, further away. away. Right? It's getting further it's away. It's true. And I'm just like, well, it's it's we're almost there. You just got I think I called my husband at that point too. And I was he's like, How's it going? I'm closing in. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> Not in a good way though, but I'm yeah. coming in hot. <laughs> like my legs felt like jello. Oh, everything was starting to hurt. And, you know, the only other real major marathon I had done was New York. And I remember being like, am I going to have to do that zombie walk at the end? Is this one of those marathons where it's going to be like really 27.2? <laughs> and I'm like, once you get like get into the main drag and you cross the finish line, I was like, wow, that was great. Like I feel, I feel so alive. Like I'm so thankful I finished this race and I can't believe I finished this race. And all of a sudden I get my medal and the and I'm like, is that it? And the volunteer's like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, that that's it. You're not gonna make <laughs> me like do a zombie walk. She's like, what's a zombie walk? I'm like, Never mind. <laughs> and then I like, I'm trying to like call my you have service. Like it, it yeah. was great. Like it's not. It's like a normal day. And I remember being like, hey, babe, like just finished. She's like, yeah, we couldn't wait for you. We couldn't like figure out where you are. Like Christina finished an hour ago. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, yeah, she was really running this. Like I was just could be, could not be finishing this. And he's like, we're right off the, the main the main street. Like we're at a restaurant. And I was like, okay, well, my legs are really, really sore. Do you have my change of clothes? <laughs> Priorities, right? Yeah, exactly. And I like I'm hobbling into the restaurant. I'm like, oh wow, these legs are really not starting to feel good. <laughs> and and I'm like, baby good. I'm like, my baby's baby's feeling fine. And we sit down, we have a meal, and then like you're sitting after what did you, a marathon. What, did you eat? what were you craving? A burger. Yeah. There I we mean, go. I don't even really eat red meat. Yeah. And I was like, I want a burger. Yes burger ba baby wants a burger Fries? yes hell yeah and i was like hell oh yeah. i was so jealous everyone was drinking a beer and <laughs> oh, i was like that had to be tough yeah oh this is the worst part because yeah. I mean, nothing would have gone better in the than world than an ice cold beer after yeah. running boston with a burger and i fries. had a ginger ale <laughs> okay well we, we owe you one for for next time i mean time. it was fine and then i remember like standing up from that chair and that's when like everything, everything. sat in i was yeah. like oh, oh. <laughs> i was like Oh, everything. And everyone's like, yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to go after the race. And I was no. like, nope. Yeah. I look at I'm like, I'm not fucking going out. Like yeah. this, I, I can't even walk right now. Like everything hurts. Like this isn't just like post marathon hurt. This yeah. is a hurt that I've never, never yeah. experienced. Yeah. I mean, it's not like 
dangerous hurt. Like I'm not bleeding. I'm not cramping. I'm not sweating. I don't feel my heart rate going out of control. So like that was all ruled out. I was like, I'm just, my joints really hurt. Like this is joint pain that was almost like my Iron Man. Yeah. It was like next level. Like I was like, I I gotta, we gotta go. We gotta get back to the hotel and I need to like soak this out and I need to sleep. Yeah. And I remember no, wait, no ice cream. No, 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 no. I, d- I need, I needed to go home. Okay. I was at home, home, the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I needed to get to the hotel. I was like, you, and I told my husband, I was like, you go, I'll be okay. And I remember just like laying in bed and just looking at my belly and just seeing it all of a sudden do like the big wave. And I was like, Oh, and I guess now I have officially popped. I am no longer <laughs> cryptically pregnant. I am officially pregnant. Yeah. And I remember my husband, like, he went out, tried to hang with everyone. I was like, it's fine. Go be free. Yeah, go do your thing, man. Go be free. Yeah. And he comes back and he's like, you're more pregnant than when I left you. <laughs> and I was like, am I? And I was like, yeah, I guess I am, huh? And like, all of a sudden, like, I couldn't really, like, roll out of the bed. I was like, yeah, I guess this is what eight months pregnant feels like, huh? And I was, like, really trying to, like, log roll around. Like, it, it's just fun. I think things happen for a reason almost in a way. And I feel like I did – it was almost like my – Cameron was my son, my son saying, he, he like knew, he's like, mom, you're going to have this last race, but the moment it's done, I'm, I'm showing I'm you're, we're going to, we're going to rock this together, mom. And all of a sudden I woke up the next day and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm thankful I got that adult men's medium Boston shirt fits perfectly now. <laughs> well, well, Cameron was fully on board. I mean, he cooperated in that he like kind of stayed under the radar, sub Rosa, <laughs> lurking to some degree so you could kind of pull this off and then you know it was like i'm out of here so you actually probably moved things up which is just all around (laughs) awesome on in every possible way but yeah i can't imagine you know just like it's such an amazing story and you know hell man i don't care if you walk the whole damn thing it's amazing but to finish it and you know to have doubts and questions and all of it just makes it more amazing. And, you know, Cameron's already run one Boston. He already has one under his belt. Oh, so yeah, he's I mean, run one Boston marathon. Score one for mom. Score <laughs> one for Cameron. One, one. Basically. I mean, he, I mean, I, he's such my pride and joy. Like I, there's nothing, I mean, I, I love endurance racing and that was always my, my fulfillment in life. I was like, I love pushing the envelope, pushing the limits you know, that's, you know, my exposure really, like I always dabbled with triathlon and my, my swimming background and, you know, kind of just doing Ironman as like a dare, you know, it was like, oh, you'll never do it. And then like at the time, like you're applying for Ironman online and Lake Placid used to always like book up in 20 minutes, you know, you're on there waiting and it's refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And like doing that was what was like that was such a high for me. It was such a rush. Like I was like, Oh, I got into an Ironman. Like, and just doing the training and pushing yourself to those limits and, you know, feeling just invincible almost. That was what was so fulfilling for me. And now, you know, it's, it's shifted. I'm a mom now and it's, it's a different fulfillment. It's indescribable. Like it's, it's so hard. It's, it's a different challenge. It's, it's the hardest thing, you know, it's, no one, I like almost joke around with my, like my patients who are young moms and even my own mother. I'm like, you didn't tell me this is the hardest thing. Like screw Iron Man. Like <laughs> I did that in a monsoon and I just yeah. ran Boston like 31 weeks pregnant. Like that's nothing compared to this. Every day is a challenge. Like I'm like, I'm like the women just, 
we are such incredible beings, you know, the things that we can push ourselves through. And I, this is my new obsession. It's my new challenge. And it's every day, like, God bless my husband for seeing me on this roller coaster because he just sits there and he's like, how can I help him? Like, you can't help me. This is, this is my own burden to bear. This is my, this is my new race. This is my new challenge. And I'm going to, I'm going to crush this and I'll figure this out, but I need you to do the dishes. (laughs) That's how you can help. And he just, he knows, like he gets it. He laughs and he's like, I'm here to help you. He will forever be my rock, my support. And I'm, I'm thankful that he, he deals with my crazy and he knows he, the running joke, the running joke after I did, we did, we did Boston. He was like, that was your last one. Right. And I kind of like <laughs> looked away and he was like, I remember that, that exhale. It just, it, it is, it's something that I just hear on the regular. He's like, okay, well we have a son now. So when you're ready, I'll, I'll get you that running stroller. But for now, can we just put endurance racing on the back? And I'm like, yeah, it's not going anywhere, but I can't, Boston can't be the last one. I mean, I'm thankful. And technically it it was a great race for the situation I was in my life, but it can't be the last one. It's, I love endurance racing. I love it in every aspect. Like I just, I want to do it. I want to do more races. Of course. And he's like, okay. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, God bless him. He tolerates me. <laughs> he's a he's a great match for you. And, you know, like he he gets you and understands how important that is to you. Um, and it's not going to be our last one. Good no. Lord, man. I'll like rope you back in off the sidelines. I think even easily. my son knows. Like I'm like, I tell him, I prep him like, okay, you have to go down for a nap now. Cause like mommy wants to go for like her run. She's going to squeeze in her little like hour of mommy time, 45, 30 minutes, even if I can. And he looks at me and he's like, mommy, you crazy, (laughs) but whatever. And he just kind of goes down, sucking his thumb, self-soothes, goes, takes his nap. And I'm like, I'm free. All right, here we go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Every moment is accounted for. Um, I have those negotiations with Coco, my dog. I don't have it with Cameron, <laughs> a young a young boy who's just the happiest little guy, man. Handsome little dude, smiley and happy all the time whenever I see him. But all I have time. those conversations with Coco. She'll get jealous. She gets all weird and stuff. I just look at her and go, just get, go over there and sleep. You need more sleep. You're an old dog. Get your rest. You'll be okay. And I'll be back soon. Like, it's okay. Don't worry. And then, you know, I come back and, you know, she's ripped up some paper towels or something just to show me she could still be jealous or whatever. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, like, no problem. I got my 10 miler in. It's like, all good. They know. Like, dogs know. My my son definitely knows. Like, I come back. I'm like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you just, like, smell something. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh-oh. I'm like, oh, God. Well, I guess I deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, wipe my ass, mom. Yeah. Like, here, you went for that run. And I'm like, God, <laughs> I feel like he just knows. He just... I'm never going to live this down. He's He knows. Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. So what was tougher? So for everybody listening at home, uh, Amelia's first Ironman, she'd never done a marathon before, but why let that stand in the way of signing up for an Ironman? But as she was kind of hinting at with Lake Placid, the way the website works and how it sells out, all the other races sold out. So she ended up signing up for an Ironman and she's never even done a marathon. Never done a marathon. No problem. And of course, the weather on the day of the race is like monsoon conditions where like virtually nobody finished the swim and a lot of people didn't finish the bike. So that was literally your first 
Ironman. Was it your first triathlon or your first Ironman? That was my first Ironman. First Ironman. So I had done like Olympic tries. Mm -hmm. I'd done sprints. I'd done a half marathon. That was like the extent of my running background. And I was like, yeah, let's just see where this goes. I mean, I didn't even have clip-ins for my bike. Love it. I mean, biking is just... And like when you want to do an endurance race like that, you got to know how to cycle. That's that's the bulk of the race. You can fake the swim. You can walk the run. I mean, but you have to know how to bike. And Lake Placid is just, it's a beautiful course. It's very hilly. It's the, monster hills. It is just, I mean, they have big bear, little bear, middle bear, mama bear, every bear you can think of. Every hill is named a bear. And my one fear, like as a novice cyclist, essentially, it was like, I just don't, I can swim in the rain. I can run in the rain, as we've talked about. Biking in the rain is just, I draw a line at that. That's just not safe. And I remember waking up that day, my, my dad drove me. Again, there's always like, in every race, there's like a mile walk that you have to do to get to the start. And he drove me as, as close as he could. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like hauling this bag of all of my, my snacks, my, my drinks, my like little messages that your people wrote. Your drop bags. Yeah. yeah. Like you're just, your sanity packet essentially. And it yeah. might as well be the size of a suitcase, but it's a drawstring plastic bag you're hoping doesn't break and you have to hold it. It's definitely 30 pounds, <laughs> a mar like a mile before you're about to do like a 12 plus hour race. And I just remember being like, it's a gray sky. Maybe, maybe the rain will, will wait. Like it's, it's July. Sometimes these storms are like spot storms. They're not like huge monsoons unless it's this day. <laughs> and I re like remember weaving my way to the front of the line. I was like, I'm a swimmer. I can get some edge on this. Like if I can just get through the swim and then I'll just stay to the right on the cycling part, I'll be fine. And like you get to the front, you're like weaving your way through the crowd to kind of get into the front of the swim. And it's all like the elites, right? They're all the pros, the elites, the people who take yeah. themselves too serious. Yeah. And they're just like doing the arm swings, leg yeah. claps. And then you're just like, I just, I just don't want to get stuck with the riffraff because like yeah. I can swim. Yeah. And I remember like I got a calf cramp right in the first like quarter mile of the swim. And I was like, oh worst worst not good not good and i remember having to like float to the side and be like okay let's just wiggle this one out and keep going and i remember like just going i think i was like one of the first 10 swimmers out of the water and the moment i got out of the water i mean armageddon like this the sky just opened up and this wasn't just like any rain this was the rain that you don't even want to drive in yeah like lightning bolts cracking through the sky I could see like people rescue cube like pulling swimmers out. It was just not safe. Like it just was not safe. And I remember going into the tent and being like, I'm gonna bike in this. And I just remember like like saying a prayer and getting on my bike. And like there's a huge downhill right like the first mile. And I'm like, I'm gonna go downhill in the rain. And I just remember being like, I can't see. Do I wear my glasses? Do I not wear my sunglasses? And it was like, the rain was so intense. Like, you, it just felt like bee stings on my face. And it just, it hurt so bad. And I was like, this is so stupid and unsafe. Like, what am I actually, why am I doing this? And I was like, maybe it'll get better. And I just remember driving along. And I, like, we drove the course. So I knew the course, the bike course in my mind. And I was like, 
we just got to go slow, slower than we expected. And like the first 56 miles was just, I mean, it was a hurricane. It was basically a hurricane. Like I just, I couldn't see anything. And I remember getting like, I had frozen pizza and that was what was keeping me afloat. I had pizza <laughs> that I was really hoping that thawed by the time I would get to it. And I remember just being like, okay, if I can just get to that pizza and everything will be okay in this world. Then I'm going to be good. I'll be fine. Yeah. And like by the second half of the, cause it's like two loops. So you do the second 56 mile loop and the rain had started to stop. But now what happens after the rain in July, now it's just oppressively humid and now I'm like thinking about the next part. I'm like, now I have to do my first marathon in oppressive humidity and heat. Like, this is unreal. And I remember like dragging my leg off of the bike. I was like, I'm not a cyclist. I just did a century ride. Everything hurts. Everything hurt. And I remember like sitting in the tent. I was taking my time in transition. And, and I was just like borderline crying. I was like, everything hurts. And now I have to go run a marathon. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Who signed me up for this like, race? What, oh, wait, I did. <laughs> what, what crazy idea did I have thinking that I could do this? Yeah. And I remember like <clears throat> the first couple of miles, just trot it out. Just just, tr just jog. And someone yelled my name. I was like, who knows my name? And like my name is on my bib. That's how like delirious yeah. I was. Like you just <laughs> don't even, it's an outer body experience when you're doing a race like that. And I like pretty much ran the first 16 miles. And then every, and then it was like, okay, now my feet are swelling. Everything's hurting. And I was starting to like run walk the last like 10. But I mean, crossing that finish line is just one of the highlights of my life. It is just, it definitely, I mean, outside of my son, like it's, it's definitely ranking the top five, you know, it, I was like, you got to make this look good, Amelia. We're coming in hot into like Lake Placid <laughs> Stadium and we got to make this look good. And as you cross that finish line and it's just, you don't feel the pain. Not until afterwards. And then I remember being like, I don't think I can take my shoes off. Like I remember going to the medical tent and there's a podiatrist there and he's like, oh, you have some pretty bad blood blisters. Um, I could pop them for you. And I was like, uh, with what? And he like pulls out this razor and I was like, I think I'm going to keep my my blood blister and I'm just going to crawl oh to wherever God. I need to go right now. Like, thank you. No, thank you. And I just remember being like getting up and being like, I'm out of here. I just, I can't deal with this. Where are my oofas at? <laughs> I know. Like I was like, I, I will crawl out here. I remember like hobbling. I mean, just hobbling. And I was like, it's okay. We got this. He seemed a little too excited to pop those blisters. Oh, it was, I'm he was bloodthirsty. I'm not letting this dude no, touch me No, I was like, is, is that even sterile? Like, where yeah. did you even get that from? Like, yeah. I don't want you popping anything yeah, on my it's feet. probably not even a podiatrist. He probably <laughs> <just> showed <laughs> up so with some dude with a foot fetish <laughs> just shows up at the tent. finish line. Yeah, I'm a podiatrist. I'll take care of your blood blisters. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, right. and it's crazy because you're in this medical tent. It's like a war zone. Like there's people who have hypothermia. There's someone who's like intense muscle cramping. Yeah. Like it is a war and you're just in there with your blood blister. And you're yeah. like, maybe in perspective, this isn't that bad. And I don't have to be in here because this is very scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you're exposed to that, you're like, I really don't want to come back in here again. No, ever again. But. So which was worse? The Ironman Lake Placid or running 31 weeks pregnant? Or which um, was harder? Which was tougher? Oh, um, they were tough in their own ways. You know, I think because that was like my first endurance race, the Ironman. So that kind of set the foundation of what to expect. But I think, 
I think recovery wise, the Ironman was harder. I think run. I think the mental gymnastics of running Boston pregnant was definitely the most most tough thing I've ever done in my life. Like a hundred percent physically. Like it, I knew it was going to be hard. It was the mental gymnastics that was just because that's a huge component of endurance racing. It's the mental component that nobody really likes to and, and the nutrition. So like those are the two things that kind of add an another variable. So they were hard in their own ways, both challenging experiences. Totally makes sense. And also you were at the beginning of your endurance journey when you were doing tries, but you had a huge swimming background and, you know, the weather makes it more of like survival than any sort of focus on trying to do any kind of faster time. And then you've progressed enormously by the time you get to your Boston state in terms of what your body's capable of and your strength. So even though you're 31 weeks pregnant, you're just so much physically stronger. You've been through so much more and you're so much more mentally tough as well. Oh yeah. I mean the, even just the journey that it took to qualify for Boston, I mean, even that alone was just a wasteland in and of itself. Like I, I mean, I, we talked, I talked to you about this. Like I, I wanted to try and qualify in this one race and it was like that year was 2019. So it was a race in May and it was like a rainy May. It was always 40 and rainy. And then of course the marathon that I want to do to qualify for Boston, it's like 85 and humid and they had changed the course to be a little bit more hilly. And I was like, Oh, hills are fine. Like I don't mind hills, but my nutrition was just off that day. I didn't get a good night's sleep. Like, you know, just internally when something's not right and something was not right for that race. And I was like, you know what? You just got to push through. Like something will work out. And I got to mile like 24 and I remember having to like brace myself against a tree. And I was keeping pace with like the 3.30 pacer. And we were we were ahead. We were going like 3.26 almost. And I was just like, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. She's like, well, I got to keep going on the pacer. And I was like, yeah, but I, I'm not feeling good at all. And I collapsed. I've, I've never had that. Ex- I just flat out collapsed. And I remember the next pacer came and he was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just got to get up and I'll, I'll be fine. And when he put his like pacer tag down and it said 340, it like, it broke my heart. And I was like, that's not a BQ time. And he, he was the one that called the ambulance and like the EMTs and they were like, ma'am calling me ma'am. I was like (laughs) 31 years old. Yeah. Ma'am, are you okay? And I'm like, no, not okay. Clearly not okay. They're like, what do you need? I was like, I need an IV. And they're like, we're not giving you an IV unless you go in the ambulance. Like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to load and go right now. I don't want to load and go. I'll be fine. I I can just walk these last two miles. And they're like, ma'am, you're not okay. And I'm like, throwing up everywhere. I'm lightheaded. I can't even stand. I'm like rolling around on the ground and I'm just like, I'm fine. And then I try to stand up again. And it was that, that pacer, God bless him. I actually did thank him. I reached out to him on Facebook and he was just like, you're not okay. You need, you need to get help. And I knew like I'm a sports PT. Like I knew what was happening. I knew I was going to like acute renal failure. I knew it. My body was swelling. I was, I had chills and sweating at the same time. They got me in the ambulance and I just remember being so mad. I was so mad. I was so dis- disappointed with myself. Like, why am I disappointed with myself? It's, it was something I couldn't control. It's the weather, my nutrition. I knew internally I wasn't feeling good. Like sometimes things just don't work out. And 
And I remember just like kicking my shoes off. And I myself like almost broke an ambulance door. I just was so pissed. I just kicked my shoes off because my feet were so swollen. And I just remember puking everywhere. And they took me to the hospital. And like, uh, I was I was apologizing to everyone. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they're like, what are you sorry for? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm wasting everyone's time. And they, they had me hooked up to all this stuff. And, you know, you're conditioned, you're an endurance athlete. So your heart rate, your resting heart rate is like 40 or less. And the monitors are going, bam, 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 bam. Like everyone's running in. They're like, is she okay? Is she okay? I'm like, I'm fine. They're like, and then the one doctor comes strolling in. He's like, she's fine. She's just she's running a marathon. Like she's conditioned. And like that moment was just so hard. And I just, I remember not being okay after it. And everyone's like, you're not going to run another race, are you? And I was like, well, I mean, I want to try again. Like I did the training. And I, I had one more race that I knew was like the last chance race to do. And I remember, you know, going into that race and just being like, okay, we know what to expect. The weather will be manageable. It was in September. And it just, that race I went in and it was a completely different race. Everything felt way better. Like I felt better. The weather was better. My nutrition was better. And I had a great time and I had great support. And I was like, oh, that just feeling that rush of having a good race, you know, when things work out, especially coming off of something like that, it, it's just, it's so rewarding. It's like, it just gives you more. You're just like, oh, I want to do more races. I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to do more. And like to have that to be my Boston qualifier and then to go through like the whole COVID pandemic postponement and then having to run it pregnant, it was like, you got to do this. Like it, it was just such a journey just to get there. You know, like, it was like, you have to do it and just give it your best shot. And I, I don't regret it. And I just feel like it prepped me for just any challenge, anything. Hell yeah. Well, first off, poster child for stay in the fight. My sign is right behind us. I mean, come on, collapse in a marathon, get taken away in an ambulance, try to con your way into staying <laughs> in the race, <laughs> negotiating, all the things we do that we're not supposed to do. Can no, we I'm okay. Right Just give fine. me the IV, but let me stay in the race course. And, you know, meanwhile, your dream is going away, but you stay, you do, you stay in the fight, even though you couldn't finish that race. You could have punched out and said, hey, this isn't for me. You come back, you have your race, you qualify for Boston. You don't get to have it on the day you want because of COVID, but you go back and you run the damn thing with Cameron because, you know, yeah. it's a team, team effort. I have like this subtle way of not really being honest with my husband about my races because like it was the same thing with like the Boston qualifier I, race. I wasn't going to bring, I wasn't <laughs> going to bring that up I have but like since <laughs> you did because like whenever I see him around the complex like I always wonder like should I tell him some of these things? No, I can't. I can't. It's <laughs> like our convos on runs are sacrosanct. I mean it's like the confessional man. That's that's what the show was formed about I mean, like that you can say anything on the run and it's never going to be discussed with anyone else right? It, it it was funny because I hadn't, I think I just told my husband that I was going to do the race. And that's when I ran into you at my like 23rd week pregnant on the yeah. run. And I was like, Hey, I was like, he's like, how's Boston training going? And I was like, well, it's going. I'm pregnant. <laughs> he's like, how far along are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm 23 weeks. And you had actually posted on your page. And I was like, Oh, I hadn't told anyone. I should have told him like, maybe don't post it. And like, I had people reaching out. They're like, you're running. And I was like, yeah. yeah, surprise. And everyone, if you, if they were a runner and they knew me, 100% on board. Of course. So supportive. And I am so thankful because I was, 
you know, you hear just horror stories, like people having like, you know, all these crazy pregnancy journeys and everyone's journey is different, but it just, it was almost a very lonely and isolating experience, you know? And so I was just, I was just so thankful to just have my husband and that, that, that close group of friends just really anchor me and just be like, listen, like, you know, your body, you know what you can tolerate and you'll know when to stop. And that's just, that was the ultimate drive. It just kind of kept you going. Says the woman who got wheeled off the course. I know. I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> I'm teasing. You can't think I was going to let you that, off the hook on well, that I one. Well, I was not pregnant then. But I, I mean, know. I'm yeah, kidding. that was. I mean, I'm, I'm totally. I have to. I have to say it. I have to take my joke, but <laughs> that only makes you more impressive. And for everyone, the dads, the moms, and anybody listening, it's it's more impressive. But yeah, of course, we know our bodies. We'd never do anything. We're we're always going to do something stupid. We're always running we're always with some push. sort of injury. We're always going to push the envelope. You're in, you're a, you're a PT for a living because there's no runner. You know, whether you're in grade school, whether you're my age or 20 years older, runners are perpetually in a state of managing an injury, an injury is about to happen that they don't see coming, or they just came out of one and they're back on their feet and going strong. So it's just, it's a delicate balance. And the ones who can stay in the game the longest are the ones who are in tune with their body, who are aware of those little nuances and those little things. And, you know, from a lifetime of running, I've just learned so much and I just try to pass it along, you know, to one of my good friends, Caroline, who's new running for the team. She was just talking about running at the armory. And I was like, you know, hey, it's seriously banked. It's new. It's very dry in there. The air is dry. And she got a little scared right away because she was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, you're going to be okay. I'm just letting you know about some of the things that are going to be different in there. If you feel like, my God, my lungs, somebody like sucked the air out of them, like you won't be in shock. You'll be like, okay, this isn't me. My body's not used to this. This isn't happening. And then also the higher up you go to the outside of the turns, I mean, the bank is really significant. So you know, as a PT, what's the first thing I tell anybody? You go to the track, you warm up in one direction, you do the workout in the other direction, you do the cool down in the other direction. So you're constantly changing the direction and taking that torque off the inside knee so that, you know, you're not wearing the, the body parts down extra. You're not running on a 45 degree pitched road we know how bad some yeah. of these roads are oh. where we live by River Road is just, you know, it's it's horrific. I mean, it's a bike. You could go over the handlebars there at any moment <laughs> from some of the potholes. So we're constantly negotiating all that stuff. And your patient, you know, in yeah. your job, you know you are too. So. I think that's what gave me like a little bit of an edge because I do see a lot of runners. I see a lot of endurance athletes. That's how I market myself. And I knew based off of my Ironman experience, like just going on my marathon journey, it was like, you can't just run. There's no way. You you cannot just run. You have to do some sort of supplemental like strength training, cross training, and you have to have a plan. You can't just go out there and be like, mm, I'm just going to run 10 miles at eight minute pace every single time. You have to have recovery runs. You have to have like speed workouts and tempo workouts. You have to diversify and you have to make sure you're, you're keeping your, your body pliable and strong and healthy. And, you know, I would definitely credit, you know, not to just, you know, coin in on my profession, but you have to have a good physical therapist or strength coach to kind of carry you through this journey. You have to have someone that knows what it takes to really get you to that finish line. Because if you don't have strong hips or good flexibility in your hamstrings and your hip flexors, good pair of sneakers, you know, good core strength, I mean, posture is everything. You're not going to be able to get through these races with just 
running. You have to do some sort of cross training. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, what what's the be- the best exercise to do? And it's, it's very individual in a way. Like for me, coming off my swimming background, like I have a lot of laxity in my joints. Now post postpartum, I absolutely have more laxity in my joints. I'm still running in my pregnancy shoes. Like, you know, it's, you have to do a lot more stability work, a lot more balance. You have to be very specific. And, you know, as a new mom, like there's not enough time to be in the gym for an hour and a half. You have like 20 minutes, you got to pick four or five things that will just be as efficient as possible. And that was something that I've learned basically from Ironman. And then I, I really credit that experience into helping me just come up with a, a training plan for being pregnant. You know, it, I, I'm just very thankful that I was able to get through it for the most part without, you know, knock on wood, too much of an injury. I, I mean, I ended up having a C-section. So that was like whole other different can of worms, but that no one can prepare you for, especially when you go early. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, yeah, you just, you cannot just run. If you're going to do this journey, you cannot just run. You have to do something else. Yeah. Injury, an injury is inevitable. Great, great advice. So I ask this question of every guest, um, darkest hole you've ever dug out of and how, how did you get out? <sighs> so I guess this is because on this, on the path, life path that I'm on right now, um, for me, it was just trying to, to breastfeed for my son. I mean, it's something very personal. It's not really running related, but I, I wanted to breastfeed him. I mean, there's a formula shortage and that was always, always playing in the back of my mind. And it, I wanted to try, you know, and it's something so beautiful and something almost taboo that nobody really likes to talk about. And a lot of women give up on because I just feel like there's not enough guidance or empowerment or structure and returning back to work and the whole, you know, managing pumping along the way. It's, it's a lot. And I, you know, being stubborn and just being an endurance athlete and just always wanting to just push that envelope. And I had the mindset to do it, but I mean, it was, it was the toughest thing. There was, it, you have this newborn child, you're sleep deprived and you want to feed him and, or her, and you want to be the best mom you can be. And you don't know, like you're, I'm a first time mom. You don't, you, there's no expectation. There's no, there's no manual. There's no coach. There's just you. And you're getting two hours of sleep at a clip if you're lucky. And you're trying to figure this out, how to, how to give nutrients to this new being in this world. And it was impossible. I, we were having the worst journey. My son was a preemie. I had a C-section. I couldn't, I could barely tolerate holding him. My body was swollen. You know, it's a serious abdominal procedure and they cut through your abs and you can't even sit for 10 minutes. You know, it's everything hurts and it's a different type of hurt. And I remember you, you, my milk was delayed coming in and I remember just feeling I didn't want to feel like a failure and it's so stupid, right? Because there's ways of giving nutrients to your son. Fed is best at the end of the day. But I was just so tunnel visioned on wanting this to be successful and I was failing at it and I hated it. I hated that I was failing. I was like, this is so stupid. You're being so stressed, putting all the stress on yourself for no reason. And I just, I remember just like 
going to the shower and just crying. Like I was just crying and you're so hormonal and you're sleep deprived and you're feeling like a failure and I can't work out for my stress release. And I had this surgery and I, I can't run. Everything's swollen. Everything hurts. And I didn't have anything. And I was like, you have to just try and toughen up and it's okay. I think ultimately it was like, whatever the outcome, it's okay. Like, why are you putting all this pressure on yourself? I had to like take a minute and breathe. And like, I thought about actually like just finishing Boston. I was like, you have to find that happy moment. What was that happy moment to pull you out of this? And it was like, you ran a marathon with, with your son and it was the most satisfying and glorifying experience ever, you know, outside of holding him for the first time. And it was like, you can do this. And if you can't, it's okay. And that was like something I had, to, a mantra I had to tell myself, like, it's going to be okay. Like, breathe. And now I'm on this journey with a, with a, my my beautiful son who's refusing bottles and just loves it fresh. <laughs> so joke's on me now. <laughs> Tried so hard and got what I wanted. <laughs> oh, God, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that because I know – that every single mom goes through that to some degree, some worse than you, some not nearly as bad, and some it just comes naturally and there there aren't issues. Um, and they don't have a C-section and their milk comes in right away. And there's just so many things that affect it between the mom and the daughter and the mom and the son. And it's just so much, um, so difficult. And you're exhausted and you're worn down, you're yeah. sleep deprived and all these other things. But at the end of the day, you know, moms of all of us, you know, that's why I try to have so many moms on the show. Yeah. That's why I try to highlight so many moms on the show because I have the best damn mom in the world at 90. She's done everything for my brothers and I, and she's made us everything we are. So moms are, moms are our gems, man. They're precious. Um, so you got to give yourself grace and you got to take care of yourself because you can't take care of Cameron if you're not taking care of yourself. So, no. and I know your husband is a great dude and I know he looks after you, but I mean, you do, you have to figure it out. Even when you can't run, there's, you got to figure out some other way to be able to take that load off, take that stress off yourself. Cause you just need to. Um, and it was like, I felt looking back at it now, like I felt so bad. Cause like he's, he's sitting there so helpless. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, I don't know how to help you. And it's like, he's struggling with me. And it was like, I think that was ultimately the, the worst part. It's like, I'm okay struggling and putting this like torture on myself. But watching him, watching me suffer and seeing his face, it was like, that was just a whole new level of just darkness. Like now, now we're both going through this darkness together. And it's like, I don't, I don't want you here with me. Like I, I can do this myself. I don't, I know you want to help. And I love you, but it's it's okay. And but it it was almost like it wasn't okay. He yeah. wanted to help. He was like, I I want to help you. And sometimes it's I, I'm I'm just thankful for him. Like he just he held me, and he it was like an anchor. It was the perfect thing that I needed. He was like, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna figure this out. And like it was so beautiful. And it just you push all the running and, and the swimming and the biking and like the crazy shenanigans that I've put him through. Like, where's my wife? It's 6am on a Sunday. She must be on a three hour bike ride. And you know, here he is just, just saying like, you can do this. And if not, it's okay. And I think in terms of my future, when it comes to just like being a mom and running and endurance sports, it's like, 
it's going to be okay. It's not going anywhere. It's always going to be there. I mean, I'm running now postpartum and I'm like struggling at a 930 pace. You know, it's, it's bad, but I mean, talking about another level of like, not necessarily darkness, but like gray. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe the sunshine will str- shine through on this run today. And it's like, Oh, I went 901 pace. And wow. Amelia used to go like 745. It's like a piece of cake. And you know, it's, Running's is there and I have to have a different relationship with it now. And I think that's something that no one really told you, you know, or told me at least. It was just like, it's going to be different, but it's, it's going to be there and it's always going to be there. And, you know, me being my, my doctor background, I went on the research and was like, oh, I'm going to come back stronger because I like went through this big, strong pain and my pain tolerance is going to be here. And all these women on these groups are like running marathons five months postpartum and I'm here struggling through my seven mile runs three times a week if I'm lucky, but it's, it's okay. It's my journey and it's, it's what I enjoy. And I take every step of every mile right now. And I'm thankful. I'm like, listen, you're out here and you're running. There's women who are not running postpartum, you know, be thankful that you are capable of doing this and you just have to rebuild. That's the takeaway. If you and Kate are singing from the same hymn book, about she laughed out loud about postpartum running. You're supposed to be stronger. She literally laughed out loud. It was I one mean, of my favorite points of our episode because she's literally one of the strongest humans on earth. And you know, like she's laughing. Yeah, stronger. I don't think so. Like she was just talking chance. about how your body is like in shambles and things <laughs> are hurts. not Everything where they're hurts. supposed to be. And you know, and like you know, <clears throat> meanwhile that she's out running 19 miles with O's. Like what was 720 pages. Was it how many weeks after her prey was? I think she was a month. It was. It was a month. There and was I'm something. Like, and I was like, I almost fell off the chair when I was talking to her, but I kind of already had knew that going in. And I've seen, you know, like I'm surrounded by strong women, super fit women, because that they're people who remind me of my mom, you know, and they're the kind of guests I want to have on the show. They're the kind of conversations I want to have because somebody out there is a mom like my mom was raising three boys, like not knowing how one day, forget how she was going to make it to the next day or the next after. She had no idea how she was going to make it to one day, through one day with everything she had. And she did. And she did it, you know, God knows how, with us driving her crazy, with us pushing every button. She didn't have a local town pool to just like kind of dump you <laughs> no. kids had just be no. like, go play no. guys. No, our system was, <laughs> go my, play. no, our system was we went to the park from sunrise to sunset and my older brother supervises who's one year older than me. And oh, no, but by the way, that was standard for all of the kids that I grew up with. So it wasn't like my mom was doing anything different. That's how it was for all of us. Yeah. And oh, she was at every baseball game, every football game, every sporting event, you know, period. Never missed a thing. But that's how it was when we grew up. So maybe it wasn't the town pool, but it was literally go, you know, take your bikes, go to the park. You know, yeah. we might come home to get sandwiches and then go back to the park. I mean, and by the time we got home, well, there was no TV or anything. We were so exhausted, man. We were freaking out on, we were out on our feet, man. We we're ready to go to sleep. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, so it was, it was simpler times, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it, man. No. Wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. Moms are definitely unique. Like my mom, I mean, I guess my running bug really came from my parents because my mom ran she had to run three New York marathons, one for each daughter. That was that was the credo in the household. And I remember getting in the car with my dad and following my mom on her run routes. I mean, I had to be three or four years old and I, it didn't register with me. I was like, why is mom running? Why is she so smelly and sweaty? You know, that's what really resonated. I was like, she's really sweaty and smelly. And it was like, 
No, she was on a mission. She wanted to run. That was her release. And she wanted to do it for each of her daughters. And it was like such a, and even to this day, like my mom's 72 years old. She's like, I had to run three, one for each girl. And it was just that the New York marathon was my first real marathon. That was like such a huge monumental moment for my family. That was the race for my mom, you know? And I just, now looking back as a mom, I'm like, I hope that Cameron can like do something like that for me. Sure. I already tell him now, I'm like, you're going to have bad days, but you got to have bad days with the good days. And the bad days are the ones that build the character. That's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you tougher. That's what's going to get you to the finish line. So I'm already conditioning him. He's six months old. <laughs> this, it's never too early. It's never too okay? early. <laughs> There's a reason why I have to stay in the fight as the show mantra. I mean, look, Cameron, he already made it through one marathon. So yeah, we got to start working on the kid's mental game already. I know. But let's jump back to your mom for a sec. Because I always ask everybody, every guest, where does the drive and the fire and the passion come for? Not just sports and life. And, you know, maybe it's from your mom running through marathons. Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's from some other environmental thing. Where do you think it comes from for you? Because you clearly have it in spades. <laughs> I, I have to attribute to my family. I do. It's just, we were always competitive and it was just always, we were just raised work hard, work hard, do your best, represent yourself the best way that you want to. You know, you don't, don't give an inch, you know, work. You want to be able to go home and live with yourself knowing that you left everything out there. And that's just how I was brought up. And I had my sisters to reinforce it. We were all super competitive. I mean, 10 years old, we're having crunch competitions on our bed. Why? Why? Who does that? It's beautiful. You know, waking up in the morning, be like, you ready for morning workout? I'm ready. You ready? Like, no one does that. We did. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's, it's the great, uh, it's the great environment, you know, it sets the table for everything to put you in the place that you're at. And it sets the table for Cameron and his future I know. and all of it. But I, I just love the competitive mindset and how it starts and, you know, kind of where it's fostered. Um, and last thing for me, community service, it's something that's super important to me, near and dear to me. Um, what's something you're either doing now or have done or maybe want to do in the future that's important to you or something that touches you or moves you? So, I mean, obviously I'm obsessed with endurance racing. So <laughs> I always volunteered for New York Marathon or New York City Triathlon. Um, recently, just being pregnant and with COVID, it's been a little more challenging. But I try to channel this wanting to give back where if I physically can't be there just because of where I am in my life currently, I try to do it through social media. I was never big on social media, but when I go and check in with like the running pregnancy groups and running postpartum, I try to just give my two cents, be like, you can do this. You know, this is this pain. You can manage it with this, but definitely make sure you work with a a pelvic floor PT or just any PT. Like, you you can do this. I try to be like a cheerleader for almost to kind of reciprocate what that girl was for me, that mom who ran and just give it to someone else. Like it's just passing on that positive energy being like, you know, your body the best. No test in this world, ultrasound, blood work is going to tell you anything you don't already know. You know, it just you at the end of the day, like, you know, your body, don't be a bonehead. Don't push through it. You know, if it hurts, there's no shame in walking. There's no shame in stopping. There's only pride in knowing that you tried. So I I try to communicate that as best as I can through the social media groups that I 
I joined. They inspire me the most. That's great. I mean, you're giving back. I mean, you had your Sherpa that you kind of leaned on and now you can be that person for others. And now you actually can share this podcast episode where we go through the whole thing. Um, Cause it's inspiring as fuck, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's impressive. It's inspiring. And, but going through it all, the highs and the lows, the doubts, the questions, all of those experiences that you have, it's just so much more impactful. Um, it's not a 10 sentence news bite Instagram post. You have to listen to hear all of it and experience all of what you went through before you got to the race course that day, before you got up and down those hills, before you checked in with Andy, you know, during the course of the hey, race. Hey, how's I'm it here. going? I'm at mile 11. Chomping on a sandwich? Here we go. Feeling pretty good. I think I'm actually going to I think I'm going to make it. I think we're going to do this. I think, I think we're good, but, um, you know, coming on and sharing is just, it's awesome, man. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you for doing it. And, it's just an awesome uh, opportunity for us to have this chat and to share and to inspire other moms. No, absolutely. I mean, it's it's funny because I'm obsessed with your podcast. I'm listening to the episodes when I have like the time to do it. And I'm just like, I feel like everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own story. And it's almost like everyone's very, very elite in their own way. And I'm kind of your average Joe almost, but I am coming in with my own experiences, but I mean, running is just, I'm still very novice to it, but I just, I love the training component to it. I loved working out. I love pushing myself to the limit. And I think that's what we all can agree on. Like it's really the training that's the ultimate high. And then seeing the fruit of that labor when you cross the finish line, it's just so rewarding. It's intoxicating. And I just, I can't wait till I can get back to another race. I, I can't wait. And and you're going to enjoy it even more. So do you have a final message for the Run Chats audience, for anybody listening, something you want to leave them with before we roll out? Um, You know, running is going to be up and down and you just have to enjoy it. Every You have to take the good and the bad and don't let anyone get in your head. You know yourself the best and you know, you, you know yourself the best, you know what your body can tolerate and do. And at the end of the day, like you have to trust in your training and in yourself. And I think that's what all of us can agree on. You trust in your training, you trust in yourself and you'll, you'll get what you want. Great message. Fantastic place for us to land it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. We took over the lounge here in our complex, man. We're chilling, drinking some Prosecco. We had Prosecco. a fireplace and it like yeah. kind of went out our a little. Fireplace, like, oh, our no. fireplace timer <laughs> went off. It kind of messed with the mood just a little bit, but we are an audio show, although we may have to throw this up on, on YouTube. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, again, like, thanks so much for coming on, Amelia, and sharing your inspiring story. Your journey is going to definitely move the needle with lots of moms and definitely inspire the hell of lots of people um and as we say at the end of every episode we tell everybody to keep lacing them up to keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight wow so lucky to have an awesome badass friend like amelia and so grateful for her to come on and trust me to share her amazing journey her story um just spectacular stuff she was so raw and so open and also funny um, talking about the highs and lows and the, the many things she encountered along the way. Um, and I think you can just hear just how much gratitude is present in her voice for the help she received, 
from some of those Facebook groups and the fact that she's a person who's not big on social and is committed to being in those arenas and being on some uh, postpartum running groups and pregnancy running groups and sharing those experiences with other moms who are going through it. It's just a wonderful way um, to pay her experience forward. So I'm proud of her for that. And I'm super proud of her for trusting me again to come on and just have that chat one-on-one. It was super special to me. And I just know what an impact it could potentially have for any mom um, who either has children already and is having another that is going to be creeping up on that timeline and has questions, concerns, thoughts. Of course, you have to talk to your own OB, talk to your own physician, talk it over with your husband, your families, and and the people that are the, the most important to you to make a decision like this. But I think her advice is so practical um, and it just really resonates and uh, just so thankful for her coming on and being so vulnerable and open and fun to talk to. Um, give her a follow. She's an awesome uh, athlete and just a really interesting person overall. So give her a follow, stay in touch with what she's up to, and definitely please hit her up with questions if you're on this journey yourself. I'm sure Amelia would love to have the opportunity to engage and you know share tips with you and advice as was done with her to help her you know make this thing come to be. So as we say at the end of every episode, if you really enjoy some part in particular and you can take the extra moment to hop on Apple Podcasts and write a quick review, tell us what you really were inspired by in an episode, what moved you, what helped, uh, or anything of that nature, it really does help us expand our reach and gain more listeners to the Run Chats pod. And it also helps me personally as a podcast host to get more amazing guests like Amelia to come on and share their stories. And that's what this show is all about. So thanks again, Amelia. And thanks to every listener who's part of our journey and is tuning in every couple of weeks when we drop an episode. I wish you all the best with your running, training, and racing. And I look forward to meeting a lot more of you out there this year on the roads where I plan to try and run all six majors this year. So if you're an avid major, let me know you're going to be there and let's meet up for a shakeout. Say hi, grab a selfie. I wish you all the best. Keep lacing them up, my friends. Keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight. Peace out, my friends. <laughs>